0: KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement
1: Show, presented by Schleter Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleter Painting. Here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Well, Scott is not here today, but we do have the experts on hand to help you out. It's not me. I'm Brian Kelly, and I'm going to just be taking the calls and then passing them along to Rich Orris and Jody Hall. They are here, and they are from Mosby Building Arts, and they're going to tell you what you need to know. 436 7900 925 1120 The numbers to call to get your questions answered. They have some issues around the house. Today's actually going to be a decent day to get out and do something about it. Heck, then tomorrow, high of 50. Oh, it's going to be a lot of yard work, and you heard that from Mike Miller, and now your housework from Rich and Jody. So let's go to Rich first. How are you this morning, sir? I'm
2: doing wonderful, Brian. Thanks for uh, filling in for us and, and having us on to help
1: out the listeners. Well, it's my pleasure to be here and we're going to get some questions answered here today and help I, some people out. Absolutely. Jody, how are you? What do you do at uh, Mosby?
3: I'm good. I, uh, I operate uh, Build Partner, a division of Mosby mm-hmm. that uh, we work with architects and designers to bring home uh, their workforce for their clients to build their projects.
1: I see. So what are the, the hot topics that you guys are dealing with right now?
3: A lot of kitchens and bathrooms, and mm-hmm. basements, uh, just the regular, pretty much the same thing Mosby does full time, except for we're outside of that scope with the, the architects and designers of, separately. Mm-hmm.
1: So you, so they give you an idea your customers give you an idea. You sit down with the architects and and work it out.
3: Uh, kind of the, the idea behind it is that we work with the architects to put together the you know proposal ahead of time, so mm-hmm. that you can kind of work through the the financial side of it. And present something that, you know, is what their customers looking for. If you do the, if you do the drawings up front, then we're just bidding the job and giving them, you know, a price on that work to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just bringing the you know, trained workforce to them um, and allowing them to work with Mosby and their customers at the same time.
1: Okay, very interesting. And Rich, what do you do at Mosby Building Arts? So yeah,
2: I'm a senior home consultant. So kind of a little bit of the same thing Jody does. Um, but I work more on the side of the company where we perform the designing, the architecture, where we do absolutely everything. I mm, see. So I work with our architects and our designers, and I'm kind of that field-knowledgeable guy on the upfront position that just helps get great projects built, designed, um, help you know alleviate design flaws and things like that. So when we're designing something, we're really thinking of – you know, everything across the board, not just how it looks, not just that, you know, it's it's about really getting a great project all the way. And so kind of what Jody does, you know, as a whole, our company kind of started to realize that, you know, we've got people coming to us that find out about us a little later in the process. And they're like, well, I got a room addition that, you know, I had an architecture you know, draw on everything and, and I'm and I like it and it's what I want, but I, I really want a great company to build it and they didn't realize maybe up front that um you know we did that end of it. So they you know now we have this service where we can come in and work with these other architects and other designers and really just be the partner that builds the project in the best way possible still. So that's kind of the the two halves of that story.
1: I see. Very interesting. What are you seeing? Are you seeing the same thing, you know, as far as the the hot topics of the day? Yeah, a lot of a lot of kitchens and baths,
2: um a lot quite a few additions lately here hmm. um in the past six months. And I think, you know, adding on to the home bathrooms, adding bathrooms, adding bedrooms, or adding like master suite additions is going to be a, a real big thing in 2020 this year. It's one of the the hottest things in, in home renovation coming up that I think a lot of people are starting to need.
1: That's interesting because, you know, I, I do real estate reports about every month, and people are not selling their homes. I mean, there's the the market's really, really tight, like the tightest ever. Yes. And so apparently a lot of people are staying home, they're remodeling, and I guess they're adding.
2: Yes, absolutely. And and it's great with us here at Mosby because we do everything residential. So we do all the the kind of maintenance side of it also. So we will put on roofs, windows, doors, siding, all that stuff. We'll remodel, we'll add on, we'll so pretty much anything residential we can take care of for 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 our clients.
1: All right. Well, let's have a potential client. We'll go to him right now. It is Josh and Josh uh you have a basement issue for the gentleman here on the Helitech Tech Home Improvement Show.
4: Yes, sir. I, uh, I have a finished basement and um, uh, the there's a small maybe four foot by two foot out uh, closet area where the electrical panels are. Um, I have a humidifier in the house that works great, um, but as I opened that I noticed the concrete being wet. Um, and it was wet enough to where it's getting my hands wet, and I'm just was concerned. I mean, I didn't see any cracks. Uh, the floor's not wet. Is this just a mix of the air? Um, and it's right around the electrical panel, so I didn't know if there's anything to be concerned about.
2: Um, yeah. So, Josh, uh, there definitely uh, I would have an area of concern with um, that electrical panel box, and if there's trying to track if any of that water is coming in around the wires to that panel box. We we see that often where, you know, follow that electrical wire in and it's kind of inside the back of the box and then it's getting the back of the wall wet and stuff like that, you know, from uh, the water literally following the wire in. That would be the very first thing that I would check into and and have someone, you know, a qualified electrician, take the cover off that box and make sure that there's... Nothing going on on the inside of that um, with any rust or water or anything getting in there. Um, yeah, so
4: I just opened it uh, to put a few things, kind of store it, you know, mm-hmm. and noticed that I don't see it anywhere else. Um, I have another compartment where the well pump is, and that seems maybe slightly damp but not wet like it is on the other side, kind of on the north side of the facing of the house. My my house is on a hill, and the, the foundation is out of the ground. So, yeah, I couldn't physically see anything that was leaking except that the concrete was just sweating. I didn't realize it could do it to that degree.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely can. And, um so so the other two areas I would look at once we know that electrical panel box is fine and there's not water coming in because of that would be first thing you do is you look outside and you see what's happening in the area outside the house, see what the ground's doing, make sure there's not just water getting around that area, there's not a downspout dumping right there, or the ground sloping the wrong way towards the foundation, and You know, make sure the water from the outside is running away from the home. But then when you come back inside, you want to look for that moisture condensation. You want to check the insulation and make sure that um, you're not having air infiltrating in around the house, around the band board. You know, in this time of winter, it's very common where you got very cold air infiltrating in. And if you're in that little closet and the door's shut... And the other side of that door is seventy, you know, two or, or more yes, degrees. That is the case. You mm-hmm. can definitely produce, you know, that concrete would be very cold and you can produce just moisture and condensation that way too. So that's kind of the the three things I would investigate in if you know, coming out to your house to kind of take a look at what's going on for you.
4: Maybe turn my humidifier down down slightly, possibly.
2: Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely another step is monitoring um, how much humidity you have inside the home. You want to make sure Sure. that even though the humidifier is running and you set it at like 40, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what it's doing. It just is a setting on the humidifier. So get some, you know, hygrometers and and monitor what the humidity level is. This is a great thing to do. You got something with awesome. this, Jody?
3: Uh, yeah, Ideas? Josh, have uh, have you? do you have a sump pump in the basement? I'm guessing not. Uh, no,
4: maybe. I don't. Uh, I'm on kind of an incline. I have a two-story home with a finished basement, so it's almost like three levels. And the whole basement, uh, half of it where the area is, is mostly foundations out of the ground, above ground.
3: Okay. If you take some plastic and okay. tape down to the ground, uh, like a two-foot-by-two-foot two piece of plastic... three days and you'll know if that's hydrostatic pressure it'll it'll get moist underneath that plastic and that'll tell you Uh if if the problem is coming from the ground up or like rich said from the uh you know in, in from the outside wires and such
4: sure awesome awesome idea great idea thank you very much for your time fellas
1: all right thank you very much for the call that is jody hall and rich orris from mosby building arts and they are here to take your questions as well. We're going to give you a couple minutes here to uh, dial in at 436 7900 925 1120 And we'll be back in just a moment with more of the Gila Tech Home Improvement Show. We're at your service on KMOX. It's 1120. How about that on this Saturday here on St. Louis's News Radio, 1120. I'm Brian Kelly filling in for Scott Mosby. What I have the experts By my side, Rich Orris and Jody Hall from Mosby Building Arts, and they are here to take your questions at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. So give us a call, and we'll try to help you out here. One of the things we just talking about off the air was a problem with some flooding that uh, involves some uh, allegedly, let's put uh, air quotes, around flushable wipes. What's the danger there, gentlemen?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, I did a big thing on this. There was a bigger story about a year ago um, where a lot of these cities are starting to report the the amount of money that they spend, you know, keeping their systems cleaned up and um, the plants and everything, the treatment plants are getting, you know, just blocked up with these flushable wipes and how... They're not really flushable, so you know, large cities like New York have spent you know millions of dollars working on their treatment plants and and unclogging their treatment plants and and all of that um, from what's called these you know so-called flushable wipes. And you know what I kind of always invited people to do too is you know if you use those, take one of those wipes and and take a, a sheet of toilet paper and drop them both in a bucket of water and come back in about 5 days and see what you have and you will have a flushable wipe and you know the mm-hmm. when you try and pick that toilet paper up it's going to fall into little pieces and stuff so those really aren't they're definitely not biodegradable and so yes the the story here in St. Louis about a week and a half ago out in Berkeley um, where I think it was four basements flooded and now MSD's insurance is going to have to cover like the rebuild and, you know, all the stuff that has to happen to these basements. And, and basically when they cameraed and scoped and cleaned out the lines and everything, what they found was grease and flushable wipes. And it just clogged up an 8-inch pipe. Wow. So you look at this little flushable wipe, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, an 8-inch pipe. So... You know, even running through the house, you kind of go from 2-inch to 4-inch, your toilets are 3- or 4-inch starting. You get into the ground, you know, you get to a 6-inch pipe when you get out of the house, and then eventually it gets to this bigger 8-inch pipe, and it's literally clogged an 8-inch pipe and backed up into several basements. So... Um, and the thing I found most interesting, Jody, I don't know if you saw this part of the story too, is they're actually talking about trying to track where this stuff came from and trying to hold people accountable, really, not to use these these wipes anymore. But and I wonder, really... you
1: know, if it's, if they call themselves flushable, then can you really hold the homeowner at fault because they thought it was flushable? Now I could see going after the company, yeah, or you know, I mean, it seems to me if they're not biodegradable. They're not really flushable.
2: Yeah. That that would be my opinion. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it, it is of question when, you know, it says flushable on there, so you pick it up and you think, well, yeah, yeah, we could use these, we could flush them, and we'll never have a problem. And I deal with a lot of plumbing and a lot of plumbers, and they will all tell you, Oh my gosh, they're they're just horrible for the sewer
1: systems. It sounds like they are. And uh and then you get the grease in there too
2: yeah yeah so that grease just (laughs) sticks to the sides and just you know kind of really just helps collect all that that matter and everything and you know i'm you you can really uh, even ask my wife i i am constantly like when i because in doing all this as a living and knowing all this Mm -hmm. man after dinner i'm like screw. why is there a noodle left on that plate (laughs) you know even though we got the garbage disposal even though Uh you know and i You know, in my earlier years uh, with my father and doing, you know, apartment maintenance and different stuff like that when I was really young, oh, yeah, we would see people just put, you know, the leftover spaghetti. Oh, you shouldn't put leftover spaghetti down the garbage disposal? It's for (laughs) for small scraps, Uh you know, not a bowl of spaghetti, (laughs) you know, so that gets all inside those pipes and Uh then those flushable wipes that are trying to get through get caught up on it and all of that. And, and you built a you dam.
1: Congratulations. You've just built a dam. <laughs> now we have, we're on the country, so we have septic. So how much food should we put down there? Cause you got to have some right to get the everything working to, to work, right? You want the, the materials that will create that. Yes. Uh, so like my wife is, we put a lot of things in, in a mulch pile or, or a compost, yeah. pile. not mulch, but compost pile. But, you know occasionally I'll throw something down there and thinking well it's probably good for this for the the septic system is that is that right oh yeah I think some
2: definitely is good and mm-hmm. like Scott's constantly preaching that ridex yeah you know put uh-huh. that stuff down there and even if you're not on a septic go ahead and do that and it just helps you know eat away that grease and everything else because you want some of that healthy stuff in there so mm-hmm. your table scraps are still fine you know going through the garbage disposal and all that, but, you know, clean the plate off at the trash can and then have a little bit of scraps going through is still going to be a good, healthy thing for the whole system.
1: Okay? All right. Good deal. Rudex, the uh, fiber for the plumbing. Is that right? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it is.
1: Let's go to Jerry. He has called us here at 436 7900 Jerry, what's on your mind this morning?
5: Uh, good morning. I can't tell you how important what you guys are talking about is because the only thing engineered to go down a toilet, and I hope all your listeners are listening, is toilet paper. Nothing else, period. And I live in Ballwin and our kitchen sink, you got it's a three story building, you got three C, two C, one C, and this is the uh the kitchen sink. The pipe goes straight down two C, one C, and then it goes down the basement. And then it turns to the right and it goes, I guess. To the other side of the building at that turn only water can go down our kitchen sink because of how it's engineered oh, anything wow. else goes down it gets clogged up and in reference to our assessment next to insurance it's probably the second biggest expenditure in this complex is the is the clog pipes and that's all i wanted to say
2: yeah no absolutely i i appreciate that that comment and Um, I just kind of looked up, so the quote here from um, uh, MSD is one of the guys that's uh, working with their project, Clear, um, and his quote was that there's a lot of products out there that are marked as being flushable, but as a matter of fact, many of them are not, and the only true flushable wipe is toilet paper. That's the bottom line. That's what all the sewer companies are saying you know, stop doing this to us. It's costing way too much money. Eventually we're going to, we're paying for it now, but we're going to have to really start paying for it. We're going to see increases in our bills and stuff to, to handle this.
1: Like we need any more of those. Yeah. Now that too, that sounds like a design problem. If you've got a a pipe that makes a a 90 degree turn, or I guess that's 45 degrees, uh, that, that can't be good.
3: Well, it's typically you get the head pressure from three different levels. (laughs) You want that to rinse it away, you know, as much as possible. But that's where you, you know, in my opinion, is nothing goes down the garbage disposal at our house other than rinsing the plate off ketchup, barbecue sauce, whatever. Right. Um, It turns into, you know a Petri dish in your pipes, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you, you know, a lot of times people used to put potatoes, rinds and different things down there, apples. And and so you got sugars and you got, you know, different, you know, chemicals going together. It's seems like regular natural things, but they react differently. Right. You know, so you got a starch and a sugar and suddenly you've got a reaction. And then, you know, you pile grease on top of that, which is never good. Right. Um, And then it creates a huge problem. And for many years that grease will stay in right there at the trap as it goes down the pipe before it falls down Mm -hmm. the main pipe and it just builds up and it I've had them open where there's, you know, you can fit a pencil head in there and that's it.
1: That's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You definitely want to avoid that. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go to Winnie. Winnie has a smell coming from her sink, a stink in the sink, huh? Winnie?
6: Good morning. (laughs) I'm my It's my bathroom sink. I'm in an apartment now. And when I turn on the water, I'm smelling this moldy smell, and I don't know what that is. That's maintenance, and all they say is just pour some Lysol or Pine Sol down. This, but after so long, that dissipates. So, what's going on?
3: Uh, yeah, Wendy, your your trap underneath your sink. It, it's made to hold water in there, and uh-huh. the the sink it doesn't rinse out that trap because it's such a small, uh, small. You know vessel of the water coming out and going into that pea trap okay uh, it might help if you take like a one gallon bucket of warm water and pour down that sink so that it really flushes that pea trap out because that pea trap is is again it's a petri dish gotcha. creating them smells and so you can do that and you can you know also uh, grind up some lemon uh, and and rinse with that water as well and it'll help freshen it up a little bit
6: okay well that Will that, after so long, dissipate, and I have to continue to do it, or should that eliminate it altogether?
3: Uh, it would eliminate it for a period of time, depending on how long you use the, you know, how often you rinse that sink. I, okay. I personally, I do it at my own house about once a month. Oh, okay. Um, and also in the basement and the floor drains, the same thing. Especially oh, okay, in the winter
6: time. I'm in an apartment now versus the house, and I didn't have that situation in the house, but. I'm in an apartment now, and I'm like, "What is this? It's And it's a moldy smell, and I'm like, "Uh-uh, no."
3: Absolutely, and you and you have yeah. if an apartment, you're getting everybody else's sewer gases coming up to your house as well. So, you, oh, you know, okay, it's it's a little bit heavier duty situation than if it was in a home.
6: Gotcha. Okay, I will do that. Grind up the lemons. Warm water, you said.
3: Warm water is what I use.
6: Okay. Great. Thank you so much. I
1: appreciate that. All right. Thank you very much, Winnie, for calling. That was Jody Hall answering that question. Rich Orris is also here. They're from Mosby Building Arts and Scott's not. And we will take more calls. We have Ron and Missouri on deck. Coming up next, 436-7900-1800-925-1120 on KMOX. It's 1134, and you can join us at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. I'm Brian Kelly, sitting in for Scott this week. But the experts are here, Rich Orris and Jody Hall from Mosby Building Arts. And I know they're looking forward to April 2nd, because that is opening day, and Kegs and Eggs is back. It'll be held this year in the Cardinal Lot across from Bush Stadium. Now, if you get your tickets before tomorrow night at ten, you can get five dollars off. You can take advantage of the overhead door company of St. Louis presale. Five dollars off your kegs and eggs tickets. Do that right now. Go to KMOX.com dot com slash kegs. And while you're doing that, dial four three six seven nine hundred, one eight hundred, nine two five, eleven twenty. Ron has done that. And Ron is here. He's now on the radio on KMOX. Hi, Ron. Yes,
7: I uh- To the guy that has moisture in the electrical uh, box room there, all those suggestions were good. But maybe a quick first check would be to simply leave the doors to that room open so that some air from the adjoining room can circulate through there, even put a small fan in. And if that goes away, maybe some vents in the door would be a, a permanent
8: fix.
2: Yeah, no, that's definitely a a great idea, Ron. And that's uh you know, what we love about what Scott Mosby always says about the university of yeah. KMOX and all the, the great minds and the people out there to to help out and answer from the back of the class and stuff. That's really awesome. Um and yeah, that's that is a great point. And that if that solution starts to work, then that's gonna lean him in right into that. You know, insulation, are you getting cold air in somewhere, you know, because once those airs start mixing, so, yeah, if you let the warmer air in there, um, it definitely, once it mixes up, if that goes away, then, yeah, you've got a an air and, movement and issue. Put
9: a, yeah, put a high and
2: low
7: vent in the door or the sidewall of that, that space uh,
2: would aid that temperature and circulation. Yep. Yep, that's a great idea. I appreciate the call there, Ron. Thank you. Glad to.
1: All right, thank you, Ron. Yeah, it sounds to me like having moisture in an electrical box is not the best thing to happen. No. I'm no expert, <laughs> but it doesn't sound like that's a good mixture.
3: No, not really safe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. definitely
2: worth, sol- you know, finding a solution for that.
1: Yeah, for sure. no question. How about yeah. a concrete porch solution for John, who is now on the Helitech Home Improvement Show? Hi, John.
0: Hi, I have a concrete porch it's not real pretty. I mean, the concrete's in good shape, but I just wanted to put like a ceramic or porcelain tile over that. Is that possible, or do I need some sort of underlayment for that, or what's the process for that?
2: So, um, you know, the the main thing that I try and advise uh, everybody on when doing something like that is definitely something that can be done, and it's really about evaluating the situation to make sure it's it's an appropriate thing to do or if it will have, you know, lasting value down the years for you. Um, so is what's the condition of the concrete that you want to put this tile on? Is it in poor shape, cracked up, sinking, or is it in really good shape?
0: It's good shape, and it's elevated on cinder block. You know, it's probably
4: built in the 70s or something. but it's Okay.
0: In good shape. It's just not real pretty yeah and i was just wanting to yeah cover it with something
2: yes so um
0: slate tile or
2: yeah so there is all kinds of different you know concrete coatings that you can do and they can even make them look like a tile and stuff like that um or you could do like you're talking about actual tile you know installing a tile on top of concrete is you know a a great you know base for tile um and, and the you just want to make sure that concrete's good, stable, not cracking real bad, because those cracks will emulate through that new tile if they start to move or shift or anything like that. So um, it's definitely something you could do. And outside, I would just watch for, you know, don't get a slick tile. You're going to want like a honed finish, something that, right. you know, isn't going to be slick when it's getting moist and stuff. And that's probably the biggest setback to putting a tile out there.
0: Okay, and is there a membrane or something that needs to go over that first,
2: or is it just a thin set type? No, you could do a thin set right over top of that if there is a crack or two, but they're small and they're like really kind of a non issue you There are some membranes out there you could put over that, or you could do a carbon fiber patch kind of over the crack and help keep that crack from moving and then do your Your tile and and everything over that. But most of the membranes, if your concrete is four inches thick or more, you don't really need a membrane to have this system work. But there are lots of membranes out there you could put down Um, in large, you know, commercial buildings or large, you know, uh, like condo buildings and stuff in the central West End. There's membranes they put down before tile between the tile and the concrete for sound to help, you know, oh, minimize that that walking sound and stuff like that. But, again, you're outside. You know, none of this is going to be an issue for your application.
1: All right. I appreciate it. All right, John, thank you very much for calling this morning. It's 1140, and we're going to go to Mark now. Mark, you are on with Rich and Jody on the HeliTech Home Improvement Show.
10: Hi, thanks. Hey, uh, I'm looking at having a couple of hose bibs replaced at my house and they are not currently frost free and that's why i want to do that in addition to installing or having the plumber install frost free hose bibs do i need or is a shutoff recommended uh right there at that hose bib since it's the hose bib itself is in, you know the uh the valve itself is inside the house and very unlikely to freeze and break
3: uh, yeah, it, I suggest always having an interior shutoff on an exterior faucet, even if it is uh, frost-free. Um, it's just a, another layer of safety. Um, in case you forget, you got the frost-free. In case you don't, you know, you you turn that off on the inside. And because there's still water in that outside one, if, if the plumber doesn't tip it, you know, a little bit when they install it, it needs to let the water run out. Sometimes that that doesn't happen. Sometimes it'll get installed level or, or even backwards, and then that, that tube from from the frost-free will get water left in there and freeze. Um, and just for an extra course of safety, I always put the inside one on as well.
10: Right. Is is it code mandatory that there be
11: a shutoff?
3: I am like unaware if there dead? is uh, a code requiring that um, for the exterior. If it's got a, a frost-free, I apologize. I do not have the answer for that one. Do you, Rich?
2: Okay. Um, actually, I don't either, but I, I don't think there is, um, and it would be a little bit different in each municipality, you know, possibly, depending on which code book they're on and stuff, but I, I don't honestly know if it's code or not, but like like Jody was saying, it is a great idea to have that in there because, you know, the thing that people you know don't understand with the frost-free hose bibs is... If you do forget to take your hose off of the end of that and it freezes overnight, what happens is the part that splits open it doesn't start leaking immediately um, it will even come spring it'll it'll just be a split pipe and your shutoff is actually turned off beyond it so what happens is spring happens it's the first warm day you go outside you you turn that on and you're outside washing your car and it's dumping water inside your basement the whole time so you're kind of you're not you know if you're not in the house to hear it happening you might not know and it might actually run for longer cuz you're not around so anytime uh, you know anybody leaves that hose hooked up by accident you got to go inside and you got to inspect that and see if that's broken or anything cuz you could get you know, just as bad a flood from that frost-free one when it splits like that. So it is a great idea. And so if that happens to you, you need a place to shut it off right away. Right. You know, near it.
10: Okay. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Lots of help.
2: No, I appreciate it. And and I would say if it's not code to have that shut off there, there there's a lot of codes out there that we think, wow, I can't even believe that's a code, but this one probably should be.
1: Yeah, that brings back some bad thoughts for me. I've had a couple floods in my house, and I think of the water running like that without knowing it and coming inside. And oh,
2: yeah, you're man. outside just watering plants, yeah. just moseying around with a hose running. And Beautiful you spring no day.
1: What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, Gus. Hopefully, nothing like that for you. Gus is now on with Rich and Jody. How you doing?
12: Okay, I got a problem with my garbage disposal. <clears throat>
1: You didn't Sometimes. put spaghetti in it down down it, did you? <laughs> no. Oh, okay.
12: Good. <laughs> uh, it works fine, and it stops working, and the water backs up. And I turn the uh, dishwasher on, and the water comes from the dishwasher into the garbage it comes up floods the sink, <laughs> and then it goes away and works fine for a while. Okay.
3: All right, Gus. Um, how old is your garbage disposal?
12: Oh, about five years.
3: Okay. And do you know, is it, uh, is it a a low-end one or a high-end one? I don't know what it means. Uh, a lower-end one would be, you know, maybe $85 to $100. A higher-end okay. one would be 200 to $300 garbage disposal. I, I don't know. The reason I ask is the lower-end ones are, are made out of cast iron. And cast yeah. iron rusts naturally. And if you don't use it regularly, it'll bind up. And then those little tiny holes that are in there to let the water out, they get clogged up. And if it isn't turned on regularly, it doesn't clear those out. Um, once the rust builds up in there, it creates smaller and smaller holes. Um, so a higher-end uh, garbage disposal won't allow that to rust up because they're typically stainless steel, which still rusts, but it's minimal compared to a, a cast iron. So okay. um, that. that I don't know if that's the situation with yours or not, but that that's something that I've seen in the past.
12: Well, this just started about a month ago. <clears throat> I'm dumping orange rinds uh, in it, and uh, it worked fine and stopped and backed up.
3: And, and does it does it turn on and operate properly? No, it does not. Have you it take it on? It
12: works fine and it stops working for fine.
3: So it's it's mm. periodically it'll stop. And sometimes yeah. it'll work and sometimes it won't. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, right. All righty. Um, I, I would take underneath the bottom of that, there's a key that you can twist that around with. Um, it's a, like an Allen key that should come with it. Typically, I yeah. leave them under the sink area. If you can get in there and, and feel that, like twist it around, it should be completely free uh, when it spins. Um, and if it's if you're finding that it's got hard spots in it and areas, it would be this rust problem that I'm talking about um as you're spinning it also while you're underneath there you hit the reset button there's a little red button on the very bottom of those that have a reset sometimes okay. depending on how old it is they also have like microprocessors in them and you know they'll they'll get a little corroded once in a while and if you just reset it a few times that'll sometimes eliminate the problem it's kind of like turning your phone on and off
12: hmm. okay i'll try it
3: i know it sounds a little odd but it's the newer things get the more technologies so we try to you know, mm-hmm. create and throw into things, sometimes that causes a little bit of a problem.
12: Well, it's sad to call a plumber, and I don't know how much that it costs.
3: Yeah. <laughs> how much does
12: it cost for a plumber?
3: It depends on if you're, you know, a lot of times they'll have a a standard fee to show up. could be a, in 150 to $200. Um, it, it, each each one's going to be a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I'd suggest okay. using the Allen wrench and the button first. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Yep. Yep, and yeah, plumbers, once so, uh, they're in there could be, you know, anywhere from hundred and hundred something to hundred and fifty or so dollars an hour, you know, to, to do work. So they're, they are definitely, they're, they're a lost trade. We need to keep a lot of them around and they're making more and more every year. Oh yeah.
3: And the last thing I, like we told the other lady, you know, just rinsing it with one gallon of warm water might help you out. Give that a try and, and, let you know if that helps us out that'd be great. I hope it does, but it's it's such a a circumstance that you don't really until you see it in in person it's tough to to diagnose.
1: All right. Thank you very much. That's Jody Hall
3: alongside Rich Orris. I'm
1: Brian Kelly, and this is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. We have Jim and Joe on deck, and they're coming up right after this. It's 1148. Or it's 1151. We have a few more minutes to talk to you here this hour. We'll, of course, continue the Helitech Home Improvement Show next hour. I'm Brian. In for Scott, we have Jody Hall and Rich Orris here alongside, and we welcome Jim into the conversation. Jim, welcome to KMOX.
13: Hi, thanks hey uh i uh we're wanting to put uh like an engineered hardwood floor on our whole first floor which uh involves a laundry room with a washer and dryer a bathroom uh and of course a kitchen where there's a dishwasher i'm I'm kind of concerned about you know if one of those uh items would leak um what do people typically do in a situation like that?
2: Well, so Jim, um, is, is the bathroom you're talking about a powder room or a full bathroom?
13: No, it's, it's just a a powder room, but I guess the, the, the one thing I'm more concerned about is there's a, a laundry room too. Um, I mean, we've had a few small leaks in the past, but, uh, we just have tile in there now, and, uh, you know, you don't have to worry so much about that. But I guess I'm concerned about, a, you know, a water leak from the washer or, you know, anything and, and what it's going to do to the wood.
2: Yeah, and and that's – so the laundry room is also would be my biggest concern with putting, you know, a wood floor into that laundry room because it is going to have a lot more – humidity. So it's not just like a leak or, you know, if something were to happen, but also just a lot of like humidity, a lot of warm air, just kind of, you know, cause for concerns with what goes on inside a laundry room with the dryer running and, and all of that. So I, I, I wouldn't personally recommend going with that type of floor into um, the laundry room, the powder room, kitchen, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it it will be fine. And it's just kind of like a hardwood floor or anything else is, um, you know, if, if something happens, it's just got to be fixed. And, you know, this engineered wood or a real hardwood or, you know, they're going to get damaged more if something were to go wrong than a ceramic tile or, you know, an, another type of floor that could take more moisture and stuff on it, more, you know, if a little bit of a problem to it. But it's something we do all the time every day um, and we just uh you know if, if something happens your your wood needs to be repaired. so I would be fine with the bathroom and the kitchen um but i would I would highly recommend going to a ceramic tile or something or you know a sheet vinyl or something like that that could take that moisture better in that laundry room um, for sure and the other thing to watch out with you know some of these engineers' floors if they're the free floating type floors you really got to watch for when you do have those leaks and stuff because if the water gets underneath them you know if it's not nailed down tight like a hardwood floor is it will spread out and smash between the kind of the subfloor and that floor and it'll affect a larger area possibly you know in a leak or something like that Um, so that could be a concern if something were to happen but again I think you're fine with both of those and Go to something better in the laundry room
13: okay, um, one other real quick question in your opinion this is and it has to do with windows you know you you see like all kinds of different uh, 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 materials used for windows like uh, fiberglass and wood and is there a, a substrate or a type of window that's better than another, and I don't really mean brand name, I just mean what it's made out of.
2: Um, not really. So your um, wood clad, your vinyl, it's really all of those types of windows, fiber windows. They're all really good window products and, and we've gotten metal out of the market. So the aluminum stuff like that is, is you know, out of it. So they're all great products for windows. And it's really about buying up the food chain in that type of window, getting to a really good window, um, whether it's vinyl, wood clad, or some kind of fiber, you know, composite material, and installing it correctly is going to be your next big conversation for that. But they're they're all really good and energy efficient anymore these days. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate the information. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. And the big thing would be just stay away from builder grade stuff on those windows. Just the, the economy made Cheap made stuff, you know, to to not cost a lot and just find something good. That'd be the biggest hint on that.
1: Yeah, definitely worth the investment. Yes,
2: absolutely. Buy up the food chains, we always say.
1: All right, Jim, thank you very much for the call. We have Joe waiting, but we are out of time for this hour. So, Joe, you can either hang on there for about five minutes or give us a call back in a little bit at 436-7900-1800, 925-1120. We have another hour to go here on the Tech Home Improvement Show. Thanks to Rich Orris for stopping by. Jody Hall is going to continue the program with me coming up after the news from CBS and the KMOX Newsroom. Right now it's 1157. Well, Scott is off this week, and so doing the heavy work today is Jody Hall. He is with Mosby Building Arts, and he is our expert on hand, and so you'll want to drill him, ask him some good questions. 436-7900-1800, 925 First up in this second hour is Joe. He's been waiting. We thank him for that and welcome you to total information on this uh, At Your Service Actually program Joe, what's your comment or question, please?
14: Well, thank you very much for your service, and uh, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, I notice there's been quite a few inquiries about windows. Uh, my home presently is equipped with construction-grade, obviously, vinyl-clad double-pane windows, but I've noticed that when I keep my humostat at, uh, let's say, with temperatures above 20, I keep it at a setting of 40, which gives me... A corresponding uh, humidity index inside the house at about 47 to 55. However, that being said, I notice that the more humidity that I generate, I tend to develop a moisture line across the window, across the window sill, and at the partition, uh, not in between the two glasses, but on the interior glass. Now, is that because I'm putting too much humidity into the atmosphere here within the house?
3: Yes, Joe, that is correct. Uh, you want to either lower that down a little bit or circulate air. Uh, that's it. It's just a cold reaching the hot and condensation on the inside of that window.
14: Is the cold reaching the hot? Well, um, the paint on the inside of the house, of course, has a corresponding you know it has it it's cold but there's no <clears throat> there's no ice buildup up on the glass whatsoever
3: no it probably wouldn't be
14: your build up and i thought well maybe i'm keeping the humid set too uh, set too high
3: yeah i think and if you lower lo- that's what i'm doing i think if you lower that down a little bit uh the, the cold air is getting transferred from the plastic if you had aluminum windows you'd have ice on the inside yeah. um like we all used to have Um, But if you can lower that just a little bit, that'll solve your problem for sure.
14: Okay. Uh, There was a caller earlier that mentioned something about a sink odor. And I was told by a plumber the best thing to do to uh, overcome that is to use a small funnel and pour some bleach down into that overfill hole. Uh, I guess that's a safe uh, procedure to follow. Would
3: you say uh, personally? I don't ever recommend putting any chemicals down the down the sewer drains at all. Okay. i um, trying to use something natural. Um, either push push it away with water with a heavier rinse, or you know, if you're in a garbage disposal situation, you can use some ice and some lemon rinds. Um, anything natural is going to be better than chemicals. Because if you get chemicals down your sewer, you don't know what's going on, and you, you create that sewer gas can create other chemicals um, when they connect and touch Good each time. other. So uh, I, I only suggest putting putting water down there.
14: Okay, and uh, one final question here regarding the hot water heater. I had uh, mine replaced about two years ago, and uh, I've overlooked draining it. Uh, do you recommend draining it on an annual basis or a semi-annual basis? And if so, does the hot water heater have to be completely voided, you know, emptied out?
3: Well, what will happen, Joe, is, is you end up with calcium deposits on the inside bottom of that and and if you go to open it two years you you may be okay but know that when you open it you're gonna get little pieces of salt basically when you close it and sometimes those the longer you wait that that salt and calcium will, will clog up the shutoff valve and it'll right. continue to leak so what what you suggest is every 90 days to drain that thing you know halfway down to get all that calcium rinsed out of there there's newer Systems now that they stir it up or they have electrify it and and can eliminate some of that. But Uh on a standard regular hot water heater, um, rinsing that out every three months is is the best practice.
14: I see. Okay. And um, let's see. In in draining it, uh, do do I need to shut the system down? You know, it's it's a gas gas, um, hot water heater, obviously. No, as you... It's got some sort of electrical
3: sensor to it. As you but, drain uh, it,
14: do I have to shut the gas off and the electrical current to it?
3: No, Joe. As you drain it, it fills itself back up. So you're basically just rinsing from the. You're pulling okay. the water out of the bottom of it and adding okay. water into the top of it at the same time. Anytime you open that valve, it's kind of like when you're asking for hot water in your tap. You yeah. know, when you turn the hot water on, it automatically refills with more water. So that that isn't required to shut off anything at that point.
14: Got it. Okay. Well, I appreciate your feedback. Thank you very much for the service.
1: Thank you, Joe. Joe, thank you very much for calling. So you should drain
3: your water heater every three months? That's what they're suggested. Um, Who are they? Nobody does that. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you personally, um, most hot water heaters, low grade is a five-year warranty. And I have personally still have a five-year water heater in my house. I've been there for over 20 years. Uh um, And I did the same thing as Joe did and didn't drain it properly and when I finally did go to drain it there's probably a 30 pound rock in there you can hear it when I started to drain it and I'm like you know we'll just not drain it and we'll just going kind of end up replacing it yeah. yeah now what about
1: when you do have that buildup is there a way I guess is that the best way to clean it out is there anything you can you don't want to put anything
3: in it no no you don't it's no. it's just you know when when you heat up water it expands and and you end up you know building up that calcium mm-hmm. it's just a natural occurrence and so that's the best way to get rid of it is just rinse it out.
1: Okay. Well, that's another job I'll add to my list. Well, let's go to Gretchen and get her on. Gretchen, thank you very much hi, for calling. Hi. You are on with Jody Hall.
15: Thank you. My stepdaughter took off the storm door from the house where my mother's house where she lives for free and put on another door, but another storm door, but it doesn't have a handle. I've never heard of a storm door that you purchase and it doesn't have a handle is, did, is, can I get a handle somewhere? Yeah,
3: typically they come, so they don't have holes drilled for handles because each dorm door can flip and be a left or a right-hand hinged door.
15: Okay.
3: And then you're supposed to drill that hole. It's about a 3-8-inch hole that you drill at the time of installation and put the, the handle in there. Um, I would guess that that person that installed that just forgot to do that part for Was you.
15: Is there a boyfriend who just... <laughs> Well, any anyway, it's a long story, but so should, I've called Mosby for, before for a problem, and he recommended a handyman service. Should I just do that, call the handyman, I mean, use the handyman service that Mosby recommended for another matter?
3: Yes, absolutely. They'll, okay, they'll take care you. of you.
15: <laughs> thank you. You Sorry, sure Dr. she <laughs>
3: wants
1: you to get into the house if she puts a storm door without a handle? That's, well... You know.
15: This is my stepdaughter. But anyway, they go in through the garage because...
1: Because there's no handle on the door.
15: Well, yeah. Well, well yeah.
3: You can go to a, a, a simple you know, full-service hardware store and, and pick up a handle. It doesn't have to be a specific handle. They, they make ones that are just replacement handles. And but then you can... I
15: have to have someone drill a 3-8-inch hole, right? Correct. Well... I'm not mechanically inclined. I don't know why her boyfriend and she did this without finishing the job, but that's another matter that I have to handle. All
1: Good luck, Gretchen. Okay. Gretchen, thank, thank you, you very much. much for calling today. And helping you get a handle on your situation is Jody Hall. He's going to be here to take your call at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. We have Mike and David on deck, and you could be next on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby is, uh, I don't know where he is. I hope he's somewhere warm, and so I'm here, and it's warm in here, actually. It's pretty comfortable, so I can't complain too much. I am Brian Kelly, and I am honored to be on in place of Scott today to take your calls. Jody Hall is the one here, though, from Mosby Building Arts, who is answering your questions. He is the expert, and he is going to tackle what Mike has in store for him now. Mike, you are on KMOX.
10: Hi, Mike. Yeah, um... Hi there. I'm um, starting in uh, late July last year when we had the big uh, range, you know, I started to get a little roof leak. And the house, the roof's about 10 years old. It was put in by a very reputable company. They have come out several, three times, and the leak is still there. It's a minor one, but you can't tell until the next rain if it's uh, stopped or not. They haven't gone into the attic yet. They've gone to the roof. They've you know, done flashing and everything else. So we call them again. I, you know, I... 75, I can't go on the roof, my wife said, and I'm not sure what to do. They keep coming out, it's right in the family room, and it's not a major one that gets bigger every time, and every time it rains, we seem to have it, even though they've been out. <laughs> what do you recommend?
3: Uh, you said it was about 10 years old?
10: Yeah, and like I said, they've been out, they, they read on the flashing because it's about foot and a half of the chip. yeah. Do you recall? Right, 10 years old, and, and they, it's under warranty, they've been, you know, I, I can't they keep coming out under warranty. You can't, you know, it's, you presume it's fixed, and they show pictures and so like three different things, and I don't know what to do next.
3: <laughs> uh, do <laughs> you know get in the alley what manufacturer it. your shingles are?
10: It's I have no idea. The company would, I mean, I'm sure. And again, it's a reputable company in town, so it's not like it's somebody that you've never heard of. Absolutely. So uh, I'm not sure what to do. You know, if they come out after when there's a problem. And they're not charging you, but the problem comes back. Even though they keep doing things, I you know again, I'd like to be able to paint the roof in the family room, but you can't until it's totally dry. Yeah. You don't know what this happens until the next rain that's big enough to maybe make a difference. So,
3: absolutely. How many times have they been back?
10: Oh, I bet I bet three times. They had you know guys up there. They did the flashing. <laughs> they did everything on the chimney. Uh, it seems like some no one has gone into just you know look in gotten a flashlight to see if maybe it's being you know how it can go somewhere else you know how water is i i that's kind of like the quandrum of the that's about my head right now is uh yeah come off and try it again but again yeah. i want to paint the ceiling but i'm stuck
3: uh yeah mike if <clears throat> what i would do is i would find out what manufacturer those shingles are because about 10 years ago there was a manufacturer that had some recalls and had defective shingles my personal house, I had that happen, and it was only seven years old, and I had to have my roof replaced because of it. Um, so, wow. you want to double check, um, verify the, who the manufacturer is, and then look up the manufacturer and see is there any recalls or warranty issues. Well, they have,
10: yeah, but see, if they have all the information. I don't. Should that be on me because I have no idea what manufacturer it was. Well, it's I would
3: roofing company deal. I would. Did you have any extra shingles that they left you?
10: No. Okay. No, so I would not know to do that. I would think if that were the case, the roofing company would contact, the, you know, because that would be a common problem. And then you know, I would think, I mean, I wouldn't think it would be up to me to find out since I had the good company do it. And, and so why would it happen all of a sudden 10 years later anyway?
3: Well, the, the manufacturer I mean, problem that that ended up happening was they would have cracks in the middle of the shingle. And okay. if, it's, if it heats up, you know, a lot of times that's all asphalt. That'll melt back. And you know reseal, yeah. but if it's in the cold weather or somebody climbs up on your your roof and cleans out the gutters and things like that no. and and there's not that flexibility in the shingle that needs to be there, then it'll yeah. cause that crack and leak, no. or it could be a manufacturing well, this
10: had, had no yeah this has had no people getting in that in that area for forever it's not not at all, so that's why okay, I'll call them again and my guess what I'll do now is say, Hey, look, could you check with the manufacturer that I called, Cam Wex? And Cam Wex said that boycott them. Otherwise, kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now and then, you know, there's there's a layer underneath the shingles that should be providing you protection from any water getting into your home. So yeah,
10: well, I wouldn't know that? There's so, there's two yeah.
3: levels of protection there that, and they're both failing. Um, so right. I, I would call them back. All I
10: know is. Yeah, I always, I, and they've been very nice, and they call back, and again, it's over, It's month's process because they come out, they go up there, they take pictures, it leaks again, blah, 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 they're very sorry, you know, okay, I'll say, well, how about the – so would the roofing company have any skin in the game if it were a problem with the with – the, uh, Shingles themselves where they get reimbursed for installing how does that work or would i have to
3: you know you they know? would eventually um it would be you know it's, it's a little tougher i think i would get in touch with somebody that's in charge at that roofing company that you'd used and and Got let you. them know that you guys have been on here three times we've talked to some people and this is what i'm hearing and i want to know yeah. you know yeah. get some honest answers from them um you said they're a reputable yeah. company they should take care of you pretty yeah. well
10: Absolutely. Okay, well, so thanks for listening, and uh, I, just, I guess I'll wait for the next rain, too, in between calls. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good luck, Mike.
10: Thanks, thanks that, very much. Bye.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. That is really frustrating, because I know I, I had a leak in, in the my roof for a while and finally got it fixed, and then when they came out, it took them about 10 minutes. They found exactly where it was and took care of it. But. Boy, when you can't find a leak and you uh, you're seeing that damage, that is extremely frustrating. Four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty are the numbers to call to get on the Helitech Home Improvement Show with Jody Hall from Mosby Building Arts. We are here for Scott. It takes two of us now. Last hour was three of us to fill in for Scott, so that shows how important and talented that he is. He did have a call that we uh, we didn't put on the air, but uh, smelly well water. The caller said that when the well when it gets warm. I don't know. Must she hot must have water. been? Oh, using hot water. I was going to say this is must be uh, something she thought about in the summer uh, when it gets the water gets hot. It smells. Is is that okay for well
3: water? Uh, no, I would suggest getting that tested. You, you never want to drink water that smells. Um, they've taught us that in the Boy Scouts. When you're out in you know nature and you you find it, you think is a good safe source of water. If it smells, don't go near it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just want to get that tested out because. Uh, you don't know if it's well water, you want to make sure you're safe.
1: Yeah. So you know I, what uh, the test involves?
3: I do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately. Um you can call Mosby and we can get you uh, in touch with somebody that that can set you up with a test. I'm I'm sure we have that on our staff as a regular thing. I just honestly don't know that answer. Apologize for that.
1: And what's the number to call Mosby? 1-909-1800 <laughs> 90- What it was that? 909-1800 that 314? 314 314 909 1800. That's easy. So give them a call and they will help you out in the smelly well of water. Another thing uh, I wanted to ask you about well, you mentioned earlier about chemicals and, and using only natural. Does that in, is that everything? Like if you have a, a clogged sink, is it okay to put like a Draino in there or something like that? Or, or would you rather not?
3: No, most plumbers will tell you never to put Draino into the system because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it depends on how old the pipes are, what they are. You know, if they're cast iron, um, a lot of older homes will have uh, chrome pipes in there. And if you get a, you know, a chrome pipe, typically at the P-trap, if it's 30, 40 years old, it it's thinner metal because it's rust from the inside out. Mm. And so it'll start to leak and you'll put the draino in there thinking you're helping and it creates a worse problem for you. And it'll also, you know, it'll amplify the problems you may already have. Um, typically, you just want to make sure your your things are running clear. Um, and I typically turn on the hot water and just let it run for a while. Um in all my unit fixtures in the home, just so that you'll know there's a problem before it's there, you know, before it hits you.
1: And so, every now and then, if you just run some hot water through your sinks, it, it kind of helps it, uh, loosen up anything that might be in there.
3: It definitely does. And and then you know, with we ha- having less flushable uh, pressure on the toilets nowadays, you got one point six, one point two gallons. Um, you have less to push that down down the pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Every once in a while, just run that hot water for a while in the bathtub, the the vanities, and the the kitchen sink. Um, It'll certainly help you out in the long term.
1: And we stressed last hour, if you weren't here, you should have been. I'd like to see a written excuse for why you weren't here. Uh, uh, The only thing to put down the the toilet is toilet paper. No matter what it says, a flushable wipe is not flushable. Don't believe them.
3: Yeah, it takes too long to biodegrade. Yes,
1: so TP is the way to go. All right, let's check in with Doug. He is next up here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Hi, Doug. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. How are you? Well, it's kind
0: of cold, but we're doing all right. Well, good. My problem is um, I've sort of inherited uh, an old concrete block building, uh, 20 by 10. Um, It's not insulated and it's not heated and it's on a concrete slab that's been broom finished. And if I'm gonna turn that into a workshop, I would like to smooth the floor and take care of moisture. What do I use, plywood, PVX, Uh, OSB, you tell me.
3: Uh, it, It really depends on how the building's built, if it has footings underneath that building or if it's just a slab on grade. Um, slab on grade. Uh, slab on grade, you're going to have a hard time trying to keep that from sweating if you're going to finish that off um, because there's no way for the, you know, if you have footings, you don't have any way for the frozen ground to get in and, and heat heat and cool um, in that slab. But the slab on grade, it's changing with the temperature outside every day. And then if you're working and warming that up in there, you'll end up having a sweat problem. Um You just want to keep making sure you're moving air through that, you know, area as as best as possible.
0: Okay. So uh, being the broom finish, uh, I can't ever clean it. So uh, actually no kind of wood would work, would it? I mean, all of it would eventually get wet.
3: Absolutely. Um, You could go with an epoxy finish. That might uh, be a solution for you that you can paint on, and it has some uh, little sprinkles, some grit In there um, to keep it from being too slick, but you know everything can transfer moisture at one point or another. Uh, It just depends on how fast and how much.
6: Well,
0: you just saved me a ton of money.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Glad to help, Doug.
1: (laughs) That's why we're here.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) and I appreciate it. Will you have a warm day?
1: You too, Doug. Thank you very much for the call and good luck with your project. Four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. We have a half hour to go. So if you have that nagging problem or a question, get on it now. 436-7900-1800-925-1120 at 1230 on KMOX. Scott Mosby is out this weekend. I'm Brian Kelly. I will take your call and hand you to Jody Hall from Mosby Building Arts, and he is the expert on hand. You just heard Chris Raby talking about the Cardinals. Just got a tweet from Ben Boyd, who is at spring training. Miles Michaelis has a tendon muscle soreness injury He says it only hurts when he throws. Hmm, he's a pitcher. Anyway, had an MRI this morning. This is nothing new or different or worse, he says. Your body takes bumps and bruises, and it's managing and making sure it feels better. So we wish Miles the best. If you're going to the Blues game today, go to Portal 15. There's a banner there to sign for uh, Jay Bowmeister. You'll want to do that, even if you're a Predators fan. Uh, so you want to do that and uh, check it out when you're there. A couple things want to pass. Oh, also, you heard the commercial there, the spot for Logo School, tomorrow morning, total information a.m. at 720. I talked to the head of school about what they do there, and it's really great stuff. They take kids that are having trouble getting by in a regular school, and they graduate them, and they send them to college, and they change their lives. Logo School, our voice of caring partner, will tell you about them more Tomorrow. Okay, let's get back to your home improvement questions. We go to Ed. You are on KMOX.
8: Yeah, earlier somebody uh, they suggested that you pour warm water uh, down a drain. Can you pour I got the same situation, but can't cuz can, can you pour boiling water down a kitchen drain? Does, will it hurt it if I put boiling water? Wouldn't it melt it faster?
3: Uh, that would, you would think. I wouldn't do that only because depending on the pipes you have underneath the sink, if they're PVC, they're thin wall PVC <clears throat> and they'll expand uh, and you could create a small leak um, at least until the pipes cool back down. Um, your hot water heater is set on the low settings 125 degrees. On a high setting, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you can get up to 175. Um, I wouldn't go boiling water down a drain. That just is typically asking for trouble, Um, you know, you're going to put it down when you're, (laughs) we were joking earlier about spaghetti, but if you're rinsing your spaghetti, it's going to be rinsed down the drain. So that's boiling water, but it's not the, you know, hottest it can be. It's just, I would be very careful putting it down there because that, like I said, those, if they're PVC pipes underneath the sink, they are going to, you know, get softer when you put the boiling water down there. Uh, And it's just not a safe practice probably.
15: Really?
8: I really I understand it because really I understand it my dad was a plumber and and it, 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 my dad was a plumber but that plastic I got brand new plastic in there a brand new plastic and it is tougher it, it will uh, that plastic is great do you see it, 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 anyway thanks for right. thanks for the answer
3: thanks Ed
1: have a good day. All right, thank you very much for calling, Ed. Next up, we go to Doug, and he is on with Jody Hall on KMOX. Hi,
3: Doug. How can I help?
9: Hi. I have a uh, dual fireplace at my house, and uh, the uh, bricklayers laid up bricks and blocks on the inside and came out on the roof with bricks. And uh, it has the uh, flue tile uh, coming up for each fireplace, And at the top, um, where it comes out through the roof and through the bricks there, they uh, used a brick mortar and kind of sloped it at the top where the water would run away. And um, I am getting water that is uh, leaking around the base of the uh, the flue itself. Uh, I climbed up in the attic, and it's running down into my garage area. And uh, I, I seen where the uh, water was coming from, and I took a uh, tarp and um, and a string, and I tied that around the chimney, and um, kind of uh, kept the water from rainwater and that from getting in. That seemed to have stopped it, but the uh, bricks are uh, chipping away around that chimney out on the roof, and. Um, They have cracks in it, and there's mortar uh, that has cracks in it also. I think some water had uh, uh, gradually worked down. Freezing and thawing might have cracked the bricks, and uh, they're deteriorating. Uh, And uh, I was wondering if there was some kind of a uh, rubberized-type paint or something that I could use rather than replace the whole chimney. It would uh, coat that uh, where um, we uh, we could keep that water from seeping in and then coming into the house.
3: Well, Doug, there's a whole bunch of moving parts in that that question. Um, first off, on your top of your chimney is concrete and you've got cracks going in that. Um, and you're right about how the water would seep in there and and could swell and, and uh, crack those bricks apart. Um, there's a couple of different solutions for that. One is a, a, a chimney cap liner where the top of that would have a piece of metal versus the concrete. Um, and then it would weep over the top of those bricks and eliminating that problem around your flue and coming into your garage for sure. Um, you could get a Band-Aid uh, by coating it uh, with some silicone, something like that. Uh, but again, that's that's just a Band-Aid solution. Um, there's a couple other things. You know, depending on the brick on the home, Um there's some bricks uh are more prone to popping than others. Um, do you know what kind of brick you have? Do you, you don't happen to have a Chicago-style brick on your home, do you?
9: It was uh, The bricks came from out of Edwardsville, Illinois. I forget the name of the brick company, Richards.
3: Um, they're not peach-colored, are they?
9: No, they're a red... Um, Mostly multi-colored, some red and some uh, darker uh, gray-like.
3: Okay, that's okay. probably not the problem then. Um, uh-huh. So I, I would say, you know, you, you want to get somebody out there to look at that chimney top um, to offer you some solutions. Um, like I said, if you if you can handle it yourself, and, and for a Band-Aid for now, you can put silicone on around that thing and get it, you know, painted uh-huh. in really, really tight, uh, but that's just going to be a, a temporary solution. That's the, the full-time solutions to get yourself a... Um, a metal top on that whole thing to kind of weep all the yeah, water from getting down in there
9: has a metal uh cover over the uh where the the flues are you know
3: themselves yeah, but i'm I'm kind of talking the metal goes over the top of the whole chimney and then they come the flues come out of that I see if that makes sense for uh, you, yeah, what about
9: this stuff that uh, they advertise on t v where you can um Seal up your gutters and cracks and things. I see they sell that in a gallon can form now. Can I tell you something like that?
3: Well, there's, there's like I said, lots of ways you can put a band aid on it, um, uh-huh. and, and that might be one of them. Um, I, I've had some where you could spray in the in the gutter and stop the gutter from from leaking, and that works for a, a minute, <laughs> and then it uh, you know it gets cold and, and hot again, and then it moves and cracks, and so it's it's really tough. You want to either have some if you're gonna do something. Uh, to just paint on, use an oil-based product, um, and get a hold of somebody at you know like New Way Concrete will be able to advise you on the proper materials you'd use to do that. Okay. And uh, and if you're you wanted a paint-on product, that would be my first choice um, to get some new way
9: product. You are saying?
3: Uh, new Way Concrete, they're uh, uh-huh. a, a, a supply man- manufacturer and supply house for for concrete. Um, it's, I believe it's N U W A Y. Okay. where are they located mostly? Uh, South County, and they have a couple of different stores. I'm not 100% sure. I think Wentzville and in uh-huh. South County.
9: Okay. I'm over in Illinois, so I just wondered, uh, anybody local over this way?
3: Well, if you, could, you can you call them. They can give you advice, and then they'll, they're great folks over there. They'll send you to the right place and, and suggest if there's somebody closer to you, they'll help you out.
9: Okay. Uh, one other thing I might mention Uh, talking about people having their drains with smelling, there was an article in the paper, there's a Halloween, Halloween, something like that. A lady would wrote in and um, she told her to mix uh, white vinegar and water 50-50 and put about four drops of um, uh, dishwasher soap in it and uh, put that down her drain and that would be... um, something that wouldn't be a pollution type thing, but anybody listening they might try that. Possibly. I've never tried it, but uh, that's what you wrote in the paper.
3: Yep, absolutely. Um, that, that's not a bad bad idea, uh, Doug. I appreciate you mentioning that. Alright,
1: thank you very much, Doug. Let's go to Bob. He is next up on the Tech Home Improvement Show with Jody Hall. Hello, Bob.
12: Hi there. Uh, i got a question for you. I did something kind of stupid. I was really all from the steamer. And in between um, using it, I laid it down at the bottom of my bathtub, making it well. The bathtub's probably not going to be too, uh, you know, too, kind of a to that. Anyway, kind of removed a little bit of the finish. It's a real nice jacuzzi tub. So now at the bottom of the tub, I've got some, uh, some spots where it didn't really remove the finish, but it's not like the rest of it, so it looks kind of bad. I'm wondering, is there anything you can do just for the bottom to sort of uh, make it look better? I don't want to like redo the whole time or replace
1: it. I just like to cover up the bad spot, So, to speak. all yeah. right, Bob, thanks for calling. You're kind of distant, so we're going to go ahead and let uh, let Jody answer your question.
3: Uh, yeah, Bob. Uh, there's the only thing I could think of is is like an epoxy finish uh, to reapply to that. Um, depending on if it's acrylic, plastic, what the tub's made of. Uh, you can put a a coating over the top of that tub, and it'll hold up for several years. Um, There's different people out there that does that. You want to do some research and and get some good reviews on that because it's something that's going to create more maintenance for you down the line uh, opposed to a discoloration in the tub. Uh, That's about all I got for you, Bob. I'm sorry about that.
1: All right, Bob, thank you very much for calling. We have Troy on deck, and we will get to his call coming up next. It's 1244 on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott is out of the pocket today, so I have stepped in to answer the phones. I'm Brian Kelly. Jody Hall has stepped in to answer your questions. We'll get to Jody and a couple more questions in just a moment. A lot of fans heading downtown for the Blues and Predators today. Be careful as you come down here, of course, and think about April 2nd, because that's when we have kegs and eggs on opening day. Oh, that sounds warm just thinking about it. In the Cardinal lot across from Bush Stadium, get your tickets early and you save $5. Take advantage of the Overhead Door Company of St. Louis presale. It ends tomorrow night at 10. So get on now. KMWatch.com slash kegs. $5 off your kegs and eggs tickets. KMWatch.com slash kegs. And we will look for you on April 2nd as we get ready to open the baseball season. Also, today, a taste of Soulard, one of the great events of the year. So, hopefully, you get to check that out. Tomorrow's the Pet Parade. We'll talk about that on Total Information AM tomorrow as well. Let's get back to your calls, and we are going to Troy. Troy, you are on with Jody Hall from Mosby Building Arts.
11: Yes, I have a bathroom, uh I think.
1: Hey, Troy, can you uh, grab your phone? We're having a hard time hearing you. Troy, if you could give us a call right back, and we'll put you right back on the air. Uh, We're just having a hard time hearing you. Let's go next to Mark. He has called 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. How you doing, Mark?
7: Uh, fine, thanks. I just was going to call about that. Uh, they talked about the hot water in the drain and uh, I've been cleaning drains for 40 years. And uh, I go to the seminars where the companies talk to you and sell the product and they recommend using cold water because it keeps the grease solid and it helps it pass down the line. They claim that if you get it hot, it's more susceptible to turning liquid like you guys were talking about and stick it to the side. And they expressly recommend it whenever you auger the sewer. You always use cold water because the auger will tear up the grease, the grime, and everything, and it'll flush it down the line in solid particles and chunks rather. Because if you have you, if you use hot, you'll stir it up, but it'll stick right back to the sides. That's what they recommend. I just wanted to kind of tell you that's what they told me.
3: Yeah, Mark, that makes complete sense. If you're uh, if you're augering the sewer out uh, to use yeah cold when you water. do
7: that. that- Oh, use cold water all the time. I come to them where the thing's filled up with hot water, and I'll go through the plug and pull it out, and there's so much liquid grease in there that's hot, it coagulates around the bad spot and stops it up, and you got to go back and forth three or four times to get that hot liquid water out with the liquefied grease. It works better if it's cold and it stays in chunks and floats out in chunks. That's all I was going to let you know.
3: I appreciate that, Mark. I, I kind of think we're talking about homeowner versus professional cleaner uh, on that one. And it would it makes sense to me um, yeah, what you're saying. pour
7: it down the drain. I've, I've done it at home, and when you do that, you, you run cold water, and you pour it down slowly as you run the cold water, and it'll coagulate it and make it run down the drain better rather than being a liquid where it'll even stick in your trap. You know what I'm getting at? Because that slows it down. It lets that grease. It gets in there hot, and then it gets cold, and it sticks right to the sides of the trap. So that's what they kind of recommend.
3: Yeah, and I'd, I'd say before anything Let's not put grease down our P-traps anymore. <laughs> that's,
7: that's the, big thing. That's, that, that's and, the
3: biggest and, thing in the room.
7: <laughs> and the biggest thing now is those sanitary wipes. When you guys said that, I pulled toilets, and they are stuck to the sides like glue. I am telling you, you are so right. Do not flush those wipes down your toilet. It, it's the biggest moneymaker for plumbers right now. And I'll let you go with that. I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.
1: All right, thank you very much for the call. Troy has called back in. So, Troy, uh, you are next on the program. What do you got for us?
11: Yes, uh, my bathroom. I, I turned pull the uh, the water thing out, and it won't allow the water to come. I wonder if there's a spray that you can spray
3: that with. I'm sorry, Troy. I don't quite understand the problem. Can you explain that one more time?
11: Well, the water will not come out. And you pull the, the handle for the water, and it won't come out. I'm wondering if there's a spray that you can get to loosen that up inside there.
3: Um, Are we talking about the overflow uh, shut? No, the water itself, the
11: water flow itself.
3: So when you're talking about the spring, what spring are we talking about?
11: I'm not talking about a spring. I'm just talking about the handle that you pull out to get water, and it won't come out.
1: So you're pulling the, is this the water heater?
3: No, this is a bathtub. A bathtub. And so are we adding water from the handle of the spigot? Well, I'm not getting any
11: water. That's the problem. I'm not getting any water out of the, when I pull it, it,
3: it's stuck. Okay, are we talking, I'm, I'm sorry, Troy. Are we talking from when you're using the bathtub to the shower where you have the little spigot you can pull up? And then it goes back down? Just the bathroom itself, the bathtub itself, I can't get water out of the bathtub. So the drain in the bathtub is what we're talking about?
11: No, I'm talking about the water, the water supply
3: that you okay. pull the handle on. So is it there becomes... only one handle on your bathtub for the water? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you, you probably have a faulty um, valve inside there, um, and you can replace those? Um, pretty easy to do or, or call yourself a, a plumber to do so, but uh, that's that's what's going on there. The, the valve is, and the inside of that is plastic, and then there's rubber, and a lot of times after, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15 years, a lot of times those valves will, will wear out, and or that plastic will, or the rubber will, will expand, and it'll slide on that valve, so it won't allow the, the water to get through the holes that needs to come out.
1: All right, so work on that valve there, and uh, hopefully that will take care of your problem, Troy. Dorothy is on, and she is now on the Helitech Home Improvement Show with Jody Hall. Hi, Dorothy.
11: Good afternoon. I have a one-story home about 1,700 square foot, and running horizontally in the concrete basement, I have a crack going from one end of that basement, from one side of the basement to the other. Now it's smaller to each side, and it gets larger in the center. Do I need to have this looked at?
3: Well, if how old is the home, you said?
11: How old is the house? Yes. Uh, about 32 years old.
3: Okay. Are there any cracks, um, like designed cracks, where there, you can see that they trialed it in the floor to run, or is it just a smooth floor, the whole basement's completely... Smooth, other than those cracks. Uh,
11: there's other cracks that are starting to come out
3: from this crack? Is that what you're asking me? Um, no, typically, the back then, they would pour the, the basement all at once. Nowadays, they, they try to segregate it off so they can control those cracks if they happen. Um, but if you're saying, is it in line with the, the beam in the basement? The long if way they- of the home? I'm not understanding that. Uh, if, so if your home's, if it's 30 by 60, um, is it going the 60 lengthways or across the short short distance of the group? The,
11: shard, of, the shard, shard away,
3: yeah. Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd have somebody come take a look at that. Um, what you have is some, some movement in the, in the foundation, and it's getting a little bit of a uh, heave to it, and you want to have somebody take a look at that for you. Do you do that? Uh, we can suggest somebody for that um, and just give us a call there at the office and we'll get get you in touch with the right people. And that's 3- okay, wh- 314-909-1800. 909-1800. Yep.
11: Thank you very much. Thanks, Dorothy. All right,
3: thank you very much,
1: Dorothy. The final caller on this edition of the Helatech Home Improvement Show, Jody Hall from Mosby Building Arts has been here this morning. Rich Orris was in earlier this morning, and so we thank Rich for stopping by. Jody, thanks for coming in and answering the questions. A lot of interesting, varied questions this morning. Well, thank you. Appreciate it, Brian. Yeah, it was very interesting. Learn a few things you always do here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show, as you do often on KMOX. Coming up, of course, we will have the latest news for you from both CBS and and the KMOX Newsroom. Brad Schoed is on duty this afternoon, and he'll keep you up to date on everything. And uh, come next week, you know what we have next week? We have Cardinals baseball next week. So uh, we will keep you up to date on the schedule as that uh, carries on, and we'll get ready for some Cardinals baseball. Blues play today. How about a win for the for Blues? Huh? Remember to sign that banner if you're going to the game for Joe uh, Jay Bollmeister, as we certainly wish him the best. I'm Brian Kelly filling in for Scott. Join me tomorrow morning on Total Information AM. I have a whole bunch of great stuff for you, including the story of a hockey player who survived a heart attack on the ice. Amazing stuff. At 1257, have a great day.